Hello and welcome back to the Magic Talk podcast. Today I'm very, very excited to be sharing with you this episode because today's guest is a wonderful magician. He's a good friend of mine. He's an incredible inventor when it comes to magic, specifically card magic. And he is also the author of Principia, Close Call, and several other really amazing books. And that's right, I'm talking about Harapan Ung. Harapan Ung is a magician from Singapore. And in this podcast episode, we've covered many of Harapan's latest thoughts on magic, his story structure when it comes to applying a Chinese way of structuring stories within classical magic effects. We talked about some of his controversial opinions on magic. It's a really fun conversation in general, and I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. There's been quite a lot of you messaging me privately on Instagram, telling me about your thoughts and feedback for the podcast. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for all your positive feedback and support. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, please share this with your friends or forward this link so that more people can know about this podcast. And if you have any comments or feedback that you'd like to get in touch, feel free to reach me on Instagram at Mr. Anson Chen. That is at M-R-A-N-S-O-N-C-H-E-N. I'd be happy to hear from you. Without further ado, let's go call up Harapan. Hello. Who's this? Hello. <laughs> it's me. How did you get my number? <laughs> I don't know, man. It was Kevin Ho. You say it's me as if I know who, who you are. Who is this? No, seriously, it's, who is this? It, it, it's, <laughs> it's Anson. How are you? Hey, Anson. How's it going? It's good, man. It's good, man. It's good to hear your voice. Right. And the world's most contrived podcast starting goes to... Anson's podcast. <laughs> yes, amazing, amazing. Oh, you should hear the intro. Uh, so, right. what, so what are going, you working man? on? What are you working on these days? What am I working on these days? Okay, so off the top of my head, something I've been working on is thinking about the structure of tricks. I'm trying. To, uh, I mean, I've been inspired about you know. Uh, I've been pretty inspired by storytelling. Uh, so story structures and things like that and how it applies to magic. And one thing I've been actually particularly interested for past, maybe past two years actually, um, is, uh, you know, a lot of mag a lot of magicians say that, um, at least they say something like the rule of three, right? Like, like three yeah. phases, you sure. go boom, 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 and so on. And um, I wonder if it's uh, necessarily the best thing to do. So one thing I've been... Uh, sort of reading up on is there's this other way of st telling stories, which is um, instead of thinking about the three acts, first act, second act, thir third act, there's something in Chinese called qi cheng zhuan he. Yeah, and how would we translate that? It's like the so beginning. Yes, so qi would be like the, the beginning, right? That you start something. Cheng would be the development. That you continue, you 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 carry the premise that you just started. 
Then Zhuan、mm-hmm. would be the twist, like a turn, something yeah, interesting, something different happens, and then He is the conclusion. That's and, very interesting.、Uh, and and this is a four act structure as opposed to a three act structure, right? They they are four beats,、mm-hmm. so it's. Sure. Her, one, two, three, four, and I kind of am fascinated by that because I feel like、um, that kind of structure actually makes it more makes makes our magic more interesting. Also,、yeah. I feel like it's inherently a lot closer to existing magic structures already. Yeah,、um, exactly. You know, pick a card. The beginning, pick a card.、Mm-hmm. Um, shuffle, attempting to look for a card. Right. Twist. It's the wrong card. Right and coming together conclusion. is、right. conclusion is、it、the card change. Correct one, right? Works well. That's a story, isn't it? Yeah. An- another one I used、um, when I did my masterclass lecture for、uh, Vanishing Ink two year、uh, last year actually, last year、uh, I used the example of three fly as as a good way to think about three fly. So okay.、Um, It's a it's a perennial thing where I I, I see a lot of magicians,、uh, coin magicians. They want their three fly to be as pure as possible, which is the holy grail of their three fly. Is I've got three coins in one hand, and then you go boom one coin, boom second coin, boom third coin. Yeah, I always I always thought that's horrible. Like if, if yeah, that's but to actually... them that's like pure, right? Like that's like pure. That's hundred percent.、Like、yeah. So. So pure, so clean. Oh my god! But、um, rethinking it, maybe the original routine was already a qi cheng zhuan he. Like it already follows the four act structure, which is you establish the the qi. You start by establishing. I've got three coins here. Boom! First coin travels. I go okay. Cheng, you continue by saying watch. Second one, boom. And then the third one, the zhuan, you have to do something different. Otherwise, it's too boring. The third one, you go. Oh, do you want to see it visibly or invisibly or whatever? Right? There you go. Ta-da! Okay, that was stupid. Yeah. And when he flies back, that's the one. That's like whoa. That that that's the, you know, that's the that's the、right. twist in the story. Before you、yeah. finally you hug, you go back to the original premise of saying, okay, now I'll do it invisibly for real. Ching, and that's all three coins. Yeah. So I feel like Chris Kenner already knew this in you know. When he was creating it, before anyone ever realized it, whether he thought about it or whether it was just a necessary,、uh, you know, method thing for the method to work.、Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's hard to say, but I, I definitely have thought about this a lot. I mean, it's just the、mm-hmm. fact that if you could do one, two, three, and they just travel one, two,、mm-hmm. three, it's actually you can't even say that it's a, a three beat. It, it's just one. Thing repeated three times. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I can understand where do where they come from. They're thinking of it. I think from a method perspective, like they want it to be as clean as boom, boom. And the last coin is always the hardest one. They they are wishing it was just boom, last coin, travel over. But while while I think it's okay, and it may be actually be a good thing to want our methods to be pure and clean. Um, maybe effects don't have to be. Pure and clean, you know. Effects and stories can be full of twists and turns and unexpected. Hundred percent, and all, and also, like no matter no matter what method we end up using, there's always a sense of insecurity 
that mm. magicians have when it comes to method because if we are doing anything deceptive at all there is a method and if there's a method then there is it's yeah. it's prone to be exposed in terms of secrets right people could know yeah. what you're doing and yeah. it's like kind of it's kind of like catching trying to catch fog you know like the perfect method doesn't really exist because once you have one method and then the other one like then you you feel insecure about the one that you're using and then feeling like the other one's better but i think the 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 effect and the dramatic structure definitely comes first yeah i agree i agree so i guess that's something i've been uh, thinking about i've been trying to look at different tricks especially tricks with multiple phases where they do the same thing over and over again you know, like a elevate, you know, those classic things like elevator plot, where it's like, oh, you put one packet on top, now the ace jumps to the top. Let's do it again. And it's now on top. Sure. I mean, how do we make that more interesting rather than just doing it four times or three times in a row and trying yeah, to use that and, structure to make it interesting? Yeah. So, so have you, is this the, is it Qi Zheng Zhuan He, Qi Zheng Zhuan He? Is this the one that you've been mainly exploring and then applying to? Yes. Yes, the, the I, 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 I think at. that alone has kept me uh, interested enough to, to, to think about a lot of things. I, I mean, my, my, my brain is constantly thinking about all kinds of things, but that's one thing I thought I could share. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's not a small one because that is really worth thinking about. And it's also like, it, it's true. It's like in 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 the Chinese culture, if someone if you ask someone um, what is a story structure. Um, right. Even when they teach it in school, when you write essays and so yes. on and so forth, it is qi sheng zhuan he. So, right. so it's really just the beginning, the rising action, the plot twist, and the resolution. Right. That's great. Right. That is that is true because once you have a kind of like a story structure, you can apply it not only within mm. a routine and effect, but also overall in a show. Right. Right. Yeah. So. There, there, there was something about, uh, I, I saw this thing online where someone was talking about how this applies to why um, four panel comics are very common like in, in, Jap in Japanese manga or whatever. So Interesting. So one, two, three, four. Um, th th this person drew a simple example of um, how an Asian person might draw a four panel comic versus how if you were to draw it in a sort of typical Western uh, three-act structure would look like so they, they they drew it like this so the first panel the t right is just a person uh pressing a button on the vending machine like beep right beep yeah then a second panel the the can drops out of the vending machine that's a cheng now to do the juan right basically if the story is just as simple as someone going to buy a drink for his friend if that's a story, what, what do you think the third panel would be? For some people, the third panel would be uh, maybe to, let's, let's say for a Western artist, they may draw the third panel is the person holding the drink, walking back. And then the fourth panel is giving it to the friend, right? Like, hey, here's a drink. But he said, but, but this, this person was arguing that in the, if you follow the teaching, a better way to do it would be, like I said, first panel, beep, second panel, that the drink falls out. The third panel to twist it is to show the friend first waiting for the person to come back. 
So the third panel is just someone sitting there. Before the fourth mm-hmm. panel, the person comes in with the drink, like, hey, here's your drink. So the third panel, even though it seems, if you don't know what the last panel is about, you don't know where this third panel is going. What's the first panel is person A pressing, second panel, taking person A taking the drink. The third panel is yeah. person B. You don't know who this person is, not introduced yet. It's just person sitting there, <laughs> you know? But then the last panel is person A coming in. Then it, it, it ties in, like, you're wondering, hey, what is this third panel about? But the fourth panel suddenly brings it all together. Like, oh, it makes sense. What I saw in the first and second panel is connected to the third panel. And that's the yeah. conclusion. You know what, what trick that, in, that reminds me of is the yeah. Dunbury Aces. Right. It's literally, again, like it's boom, boom, and then twist. Oh, correct. There's and, something. Oh, And then bam. Okay, it comes together. Right. Now I'm seeing this everywhere. Yeah. I, I feel like now that I do this, now that I'm looking at, I guess it's a bias, a confirmation bias. But now that I'm looking at the, through this lens, I'm seeing that there are a lot of classic tricks that already follow this structure. And that's why they're so timeless. And so they feel good. You know, they're so commercial because they feel good. Audiences recognize like, uh, uh, whoa, and then conclude. Whereas some, there are some tricks that don't follow it and they're not popular. So I want to see if I can apply that to the less popular tricks. Yeah. It, you know, more commercial, more appealing. Do you, do you, when you, I don't know how much you perform, but when you perform, do you put together sets like consciously in a, in a way that let's say um, oh. I'm doing 15 minutes or I'm d- doing 10 minutes and then the, the sequence of the, the effects, do you put them together in, in a specific way? Yeah, I'm so ashamed about that. I'm the worst person to ask for this because I hardly perform for people. That, uh, okay, for so you, your time. focus I mean, I, is more on individual items. Individual tricks. When I create things, I rarely think about it. Unfortunately, uh, maybe that's a weakness of mine. I, I rarely think about a trick fitting in a longer routine. So sometimes in a lecture, someone will ask me, oh, Harpan, you're using a double facer for this. So how do you ring in the double facer and how do you ring it out so that I can continue with the next trick? And I I, I really have no answer because in, in real life, what I would do is <laughs> I would like, uh, talking, talking someone, I just secretly load load the double facer. In. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then once right, they're like, right, right. oh my God, oh my God, I just go, ha 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 and I just quickly put it up. <laughs> because, you know, mm. it's not like no, I have a magic a, castle where I'm performing. That's a, a, that's a very honest, that's a very honest answer though. Yes. So, so I never thought about that. And every time when I perform for people, it's just one or two tricks at most. And, I, and that's about it. And I usually just go with the flow. I improvise and see what they're interested in. Sure. If it's a particular type of trick they like, I go more into that. If they're more interested in talking about how magic works, I don't mind sharing some simple secrets and like, you know, talk about the psychology of magic or the ma- mathematics behind some card tricks if they're interested about that. To me, that's more interesting than just, hey, watch, I'm going to fool you, you know, like, let's see where the 100%. conversation goes. I feel like I feel like it's a really powerful thing to be yeah. able to especially in casual situations to draw Mm. people into the world that you're into. Yes. And then boom again, right. It's like you, you you kind of draw them into your world, whatever it is, like whether you're Mm. into the psychology, as you said, or the, 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 the mathematic principle or the physics of it. Um, it, It just adds a level of depth that, 
if you were to fool people over and over again, it's, it's they don't ha- you don't have that. Yeah. In fact, you know what? Since we're on a podcast, we should do some like uh, uh, controversial opinions. Here's a controversial opinion of mine. Um, I strongly suspect slash believe that magic is the ultimate conversation killer. Oh, that's that's that that's controversial. That, that. is a what do you magic. Think? Magic is a uh, conversation. Well, it depends on how you how you you need of to course. you need to follow up on that. But I of would, course, of with, course, with, with any this, controversial opinion, it's purposely generic. Yeah, but I'm gonna to, say to, to, to get, I'm gonna say I don't I don't see it. But I could see how mag, a magic trick in and of itself is not only a social disruptor and also a conversation killer at the same time. However, yeah. if there's an interesting conversation that follows up with that, but that depends on the person. You can argue that the trick itself doesn't, doesn't do it. So sure. what's, what's your take on that? So my take is, um, I feel like for Matt, because, okay, so um, I'm going to say some good things about magic. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, know, I, I know I just said something that makes magic sound like the worst thing ever. But I'm going to say something very good about magic right now, which is that yeah. I think why the why magic is such a conversation killer or social disruptor, that's a great term, social disruptor, is because it is so powerful, right? Yeah, 100%. Magic is, is such a powerful thing that it overshadows any sort of social dynamic that you previously 100%. had with another person. So you know? true. So, so and, and the problem with magic is that... Um, it's very unlike. It's it's ve- it's very likely you will get into the dynamic where the magician is the powerful one, because he or she knows the secret, right? Like it's yeah, very yeah. likely that you'll get into this dynamic of, hey, I just do something, and then now the audience feels helpless. Like, I what did you just do? Tell me how did you do it? And suddenly the dynamic is right. Suddenly you are and, up and, here and, and saying saying I don't know how it. doesn't really do it either. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> And yet, if you don't want to tell the secret, if you are not bound by the magician's code, then you're you're stuck in this thing. It's either you tell the secret and you bring them back down, and we can discuss about sleight of hand or whatever, or no mathematics. But if you don't want to ever say the secret, then what? What the audience is going to keep asking you? Okay, tell us, tell us. Hey, come on, come on, tell us, man. How did you do it? And, and there's this weird thing where I feel like con- any sort of conversation you had with someone. Um, it, it's really hard to continue with once you've done a trick like that that's the topic right it but completely disrupts everything that's happening yes that's why I think that it's the ultimate conversation killer yeah it's, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like you're having a dinner and then all of a sudden an elephant appears in a restaurant you might no, just be really liking... just, just crash in yeah right? just, just, just barge <laughs> Like, like, there's no, there's nothing else to say. Like, you yeah, have to talk I like about literally the elephant in the room. I like, I like the pasta, but let's, uh, let's address the elephant what in the, the room that? exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's you so have to address true. the elephant is... in the room, literally. <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, this came from a this observation. I learned it the hard way from a personal experience, and I thought I should share this. I don't share this story with many people. Um. I was once in Switzerland when I was studying in London. 
I went on a trip to Switzerland with my friend. And my friend is not a magician at all. My friend's, uh, uh, he also studies physics with me. Okay. So we went to Switzerland. We were staying in a hostel. Right? It's like a student hostel. We were trying to save money. So we stayed in a student's hostel. And for some reason, even though that's not supposed to happen, we ended up sharing, me and my friends ended up sharing a room with two girls. Which okay. usually the rooms are like gender separate. But for some reason, they messed up. And suddenly I find myself uh, four people to a room. Me and my friend are two guys. And then there's, there's two Korean girls uh, in, in the room, you know. Okay. In the same room with us. So, uh, you know, back in my day, being the, the charming guy as I was, you know, okay, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, you know, <laughs> we, we, start, we start talking. <laughs> I like how right now, People are just turning on the podcast. <laughs> I have, I have right. no idea. I have yeah, no idea where this is going. By the way, yeah, no, no, no. So, so obviously, you know, like, oh, they're they're, they're pretty cute. Let's, let's let's talk to them a little bit. You know, let's let's get to know them and make friends and stuff. And it was going pretty well. The thing is, me and my friend, we were like talking, talking, and the girls were like, ah, laughing, laughing. And we were like, oh, you're from Korea, you know, where are you studying? You know, why are you in Switzerland for? And there's there's some chemistry, you know, there's some rapport like, oh, what do you do? You do physics. Wow. Amazing. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, in Korea, what do you eat? Well, you know, like there's chemistry. And then suddenly my friend said, oh, do you know Harpan's a magician? I go like, oh, oh crap, crap. I was like, no, no, no. I, I quickly, I was, I was like, no, 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 no. I said, do a trick, do a trick, do a trick for them. Do a trick for them. Uh, then the girls obviously were like, oh, oh, really? Really? Oh, let's see a trick. You know, so I put out my cards and I did a trick. And he was like, oh my God, it's amazing. Well, how do you do? Wow, incredible. But you could, I could almost feel like the moment the trick was done, firstly, that was all they were, I guess, interested in. right? That's all they were thinking about. But immediately the conversation died there. Mm. I was like, oh, wow, cool. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wow, amazing. You know, they, that you can't go back to oh by the way so what's Singapore like it, it's 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 a weird there's no transition if I don't tell them the secret you know it's so, um yeah yeah also so, in in some way that it, it's very easy for the for the interaction to reach a peak yeah. very quickly right yeah so that that's my personal story with it ever since then after after that i told my friend like stop don't say that i'm a magician you know there was something going on don't do that so <laughs> uh, i I've, I've never i don't know I, I don't know how people always think that you know some have this stereotype that magic gets girls or whatever I and mean, I, I don't know i don't know how that works yeah yeah or maybe i'm just not good i mean i mean i'm just not good at maybe this. maybe with or without magic that the result that the, the conversation would have ended yeah. yeah maybe i was an absolute failure yeah yeah i tend to expose myself a little bit too much right there. yeah the magic the, the magic gave gave it the resolution the conversation needed yeah it was needed it was the turn it was the turn it was the, the, it was, like, it was the oh, turn was, and then them leaving the room the turn, was the resolution yeah. it was not not oh just a turn God. it was a turn off <laughs> so magic was not just a turn it was a turn off yeah, but no that that is that is an unconventional observation. Yeah, what what else? Do you have any, do you have any uncon, do you have any controversial uncon, unconventional opinions on the top of your I head? don't. Um well, 
there's one, but I don't think this is even like, I think it used to be unconventional, but I, I, like one that immediately popped up into my head mm. is the idea of two perfect, uh, right. two perfect theory, re- right. which is really referring to the idea of, oh, um, when you, so for those of, um, for those who are listening, who don't know what that means is the idea that when constructing an effect, uh, we should be mindful that the effect is not too perfect. Otherwise it's not believable. It, it leads people down to the wrong place in the, in their mental space of problem solving. I think, does that, does that describe the problem? I, I think to be more specific, the two perfect theory is more about um, when you make a trick. So the, the theory is that if you make a trick so clean, that it only leaves one possible outcome then it yeah. will naturally lead to that outcome. So for example, if I if I show a bill, like, oh, here's a bill, you know, memorize the serial number. You have the spectator themselves hold the bill, tear it up, and they themselves burn the bill. Okay? And then suddenly you, I don't know, from a box or something, you open it up, suddenly you take out another bill and it has the same serial number on it. Yeah, then I guess the only answer they can think of is well, you just have a duplicate bill that has the same serial number, and I guess right. that's likely to be the same. That's likely to be the method. Yeah, and I, 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 so and I actually clean. think I actually think so. So that's the exactly. So that's a that's the per, too perfect theory, which I mm. actually think is it's not. There's nothing too perfect about it. It's just an incomplete thing, right? It's just not believable or. It's not um, it's not uh, well put together, but I don't think it's too perfect. Actually, we should strive for excellence beyond that. And if there's excellence beyond yeah. that, then then yeah. the too perfect isn't too perfect. So I, I guess it's more like a wording thing um, in terms of when people put together the this this phenomenon of of too perfect theory. But what I really think is is just not believable. That's yeah. that's really the problem. Uh- Will Houston uh, has a great saying for that. He says, uh, whenever something is, uh, when you talk about a too perfect theory, he'll always say, uh, it's not that it's not, it's not that it's too perfect. It's that it's not perfect enough. Because, you know. Right. Because if you can think of the method, if the spectator can think of a method, it means you didn't shut that door, right? A Tamari's way, right? You didn't shut that door for them, you know, the magic way or whatever. You had you haven't eliminated that possibility for them yet. Hundred so, uh, percent. Yeah, like you said, so, it's not so, well put together. So whenever something you think is not is too perfect, it just means it's not perfect enough. <laughs> yeah. So 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 I guess I, I don't think it's controversial because I know now like more people have come to that conclusion. I think it was popular to say that for a while. Oh, isn't that too perfect? But it's like, yeah. Also, another thing that I kind of um, this is controversial when I talk to. Uh, some magicians or people who who like yeah. uh, who like magic. It's like I remember someone. It's like um, I was talking about the execution of like a coin vanish or something, and and I said, and you know where it really is, right? And you need to. Uh, I don't remember what the context it was, um, but then the 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 magician was like. Well, if you don't even believe that the coin is there, how can you expect 
um, another person to believe that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but actually, don't think that you need to believe in what you're doing in order for the work to be believable. I know that's mm-hmm. a that's a school of thought that many have adopted, especially kind of like in stage, um, right? In the kind of like stage magic arena, mm-hmm. it's like the you know like you're I'm really believing right. i'm making a ball appear in the empty Correct. hand and like Correct. you're they're Correct. choreographing and believe like you know the, the whole mm. emotion is there mm. but you know what i'm talking about um, yeah i know but, but um, I'm, 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 I'm waiting to hear why you don't agree well i, I yeah. think the 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 end i i don't agree because i think whether i believe or i don't believe have very little to do with the believability of the result. The the result needs to be mm-hmm. believable, and right. and I can imagine, I can act, I can. Mm-hmm. There are many things you can do to create that believability. Like there yeah. are other ways to dance around the the weakness of a method, or to create believability in the minds of a spectator. Right. Other than um, e- emotional investment of a belief that the ball is still in your hand. Sure, sure. So that that I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that is a controversial thing, but that's uh, that's definitely something that I I like to kind of go against from time to time. Mm. Mm. I mean, I I I can I think I can. Um... What I think about it is, I think I've always been following that school of thought. Is that I think yeah, for some for some things, like say vanishing a coin or something like that. Um, I think if you believe in what you're doing, it only helps, right? I'm not sure um, why you would take away from the magic. If you say it's not authentic, then I don't know if it's going to be a logical fallacy. But then I guess maybe you're not believing well enough. <laughs> Uh, like you, you know, you're not acting well enough because when you said there are many other ways of going about it, like for example, you can imagine, you can act, but but those I think would fall under the category of sort of you know like how an actor does method acting. They 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 immerse themselves in the role. Let's say they play the Joker in some Batman movie, and then they go crazy for a while, imagining if you're a crazy person, what would you really behave like, and then that believability hopefully can. Uh, portray well on on the screen in, in, on a movie screen you know um sure. I, I, not, okay. I mean i'm not an sure. actor so i don't want to know i don't I don't want to pretend that all actors are method actors some actors really believe in that kind of method acting you know they they do they never get out of their costume they're always wearing their costume they're always acting and talking to the crew members in their character yeah. way because they're fully involved in that and i guess that's one school i know there are some actors who don't do that um but I I don't know. I I, I think it's it's interesting. I mean, maybe I think, maybe I think it's one. I think it's method. one approach. I think it's one yeah. approach. But I think there are just so many tools um, mm. in mm. in magic mm. that allows you to deceive or create false realities. That yeah. that's not the only. Sure, that's not the only way. But I guess like, yeah, sometimes it is talked about as if that is the way so so oh, right, so right. that's okay that's a okay. bit of a controversial fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah but point there but but do you think that um it is actually 
but 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 I'm not sure if it's harmful. I was I think just now you did mention something like you. No, not only do you think it's not, not the only way. Of course, it's not no, helpful. Of course, of course, it's it's very good to okay. to okay. to imagine and to to mm. really examine what the reality of what it is is like if you were to do mm. it for real. I think that's absolutely crucial. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we also know the reality that we're doing other things. There's a method. There's a there. There are things that we're doing, right? Um, so so yeah, you know. Um, uh, here's a ahead. controversial opinion. Speaking of tamaris, as I mentioned just now, have you read the Magic Rainbow? It's okay if you say no. Just wondering if you have I, you read. I have Magic not. Rainbow? I have not. Recently, I've read I, a little bit of it. Same. <laughs> it's too thick. I, I haven't read the whole thing yet. I, I remember talking books. to Juan, I remember talking to Juan. He, he's writing it. He's in the process of writing the book. He says, "I'm writing it. I don't think I'll ever read it, and I don't think anyone will ever read the whole thing." <laughs> like, okay, so, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening to the podcast, here's the difference between me and Anson. Right when I mentioned that I read a Tuan Tamari's book, Anson has to talk, has to try to one up me by saying, "Oh yeah, I was speaking to Juan about the book." Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> What an annoying guy. Okay, anyway. I saw, uh, I saw I saw your book in his house, by the way. I did. Oh, did I did. I did, yeah. Nice. I saw your I saw your book like while while I was there. So see, he has to give me a compliment by also subtly flexing that he was at his house. You know? Okay, now now everything I say is going to fall under this analysis right. now. I know, right? right, right. Everything is like, oh, Harma, I saw your book. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I was having dinner at Juan's house. He invited me. I flew in on a helicopter and then landed at his house. And now, you know, but I saw your book. I saw your book. It's pretty good. I saw your book. It's pretty good, you know? Yeah, but anyway, I, I, I gave Juan like a gold watch and and then, you know, and I flew him around the world in a private jet. But he was reading your book. That was pretty good. That was. That's right. He, he, he took your book with him the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, so I recently traded books with a friend of mine in Singapore, and he, uh, I lent him a Darwin Ortiz book, and he lent me uh, The Magic Rainbow. And there's something okay. in there, I was flipping through it, and there's a very interesting, controversial opinion from Juan. Um, Juan's opinion, he says that after many years of studying magic and watching magic, he strongly believes that presentation is the least important thing in magic. Yeah, yeah, he he really oh. does believe that. I know, right? He really does believe that. Why did he tell you when you were at his house eating he, dinner? With well, him? he did, he did. <laughs> but I, he, he, it was before dinner, but, but but he did, yeah. So that's so, so interesting. I, I read it. So so did you did you kind of like dig into what he meant by that? Yeah, I did. I did. Because it, I mean, when I flip through the book, when I flip through books like this and something catches my eye, then I will read the whole chapter. Th that's how I yeah. sometimes read magic books. Some people expect me to have read the book from like first page to last page, but sometimes I'm just flipping through and if something catches my eye, I go, oh, wait, what's this? And then I'll read the whole chapter to I, understand. I think I think everybody does that, right? It's like, if, if we're honest with the way we yeah, consume Yeah, but, but I think some people who are starting to read. I mean, when I was starting out reading magic books, I also thought I had to read from cover to cover, like front to back. But that's but that's yeah. really tough. Yeah, but anyway. So yeah, I, I read the thing. And I think the reason he gave was that, um, you know, uh, he, he strongly, I think the main reason is that he strongly believes 
there are good tricks and there are bad tricks. Uh-huh. And he believes that the strength of the trick, the goodness of the balance of the trick is the most important factor. So in his mind, it doesn't matter. You know, he's seen too, I think maybe he's old, he's seen too many magicians think that they can take a really crappy trick and they're just like, oh, be all flashy and philosophical or something like that, like good presentation to cover yeah. up the fact that the trick is some crappy, shitty trick that doesn't fool anyone, right? Um, yeah, so so uh, so so what you're referring to here is in the magic rainbow. I think it's the the pyramid of magic that Juan has right. created. Correct. Is that correct? So so on the bottom correct. of it, do you remember? Like on the bottom of it, I think it's the persona of the performer. Yes, yes. And then and, and above that, tr- it's the, is. the method. Is it? Mm. I, I remember. I remember. I remember. Yeah, I, I think it was method because he, his thinking was that, okay, it doesn't matter what trick it is. If I can see what you're doing, right, regardless right. of what that is, it's crap. And right. I think that's, that's, that's fair enough. And then, enough. Um, and then and it's the, the effect. effect. I think it's definitely the effect. It's like, does it move people? Does it shock people? Does it bring them to a special place? Mm. And then I think above that would be emotion, right? I might, I might, um, yeah, I'm, I might be getting this wrong, but but I, I'm pretty sure it's emotion, and then on the top of it, it's presentation. So right. okay, so what? So go ahead. Have you found it? Okay, so 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 uh, podcast listeners, I'm flipping through the book. Okay, so uh, you're you're actually very close. He actually puts effect before method, so it's persona. Effect, method, emotions, presentation. So, right. Yeah. And, yeah. And when um, he refers to presentation, what he really refers to is like literally words, like patter mm-hmm. words, and like right. things like costume, lighting, um, yes. um, the the props, Music. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The the, the 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 what what I thought was interesting was that um I kind of see where he comes from. I'll I'll put it this way. I think the way he defines presentation as pattern, costumes, decor, music, rhythm, lighting, yes, then I would agree that it is the least important thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. At least traditionally, I always thought that presentation involves persona. Right. Sure, and or, or, or rather, express... presentation is everything that is outside of the method, and the effect in the method. In my opinion, right. like what is the effect? What is the method? Everything else is how you present it, right? And to me, persona things like you know, expressiveness, expressiveness, charm, your communication, your behavior. Um, I thought those are also part of presentation. So that's why I always thought presentation was important because I had included persona into that definition of presentation. But if you split it up like that, and you just say presentation is lighting and music, then I get, yeah, I guess these are the least important things. So yeah, I, but, but there's something there's something beautiful about that though, because he's kind of just taking the person away from the the act or taking the, the performer away from the work. So right. it also implies that there's something for us to work on as humans, you know, to have more life experiences or to have you know, to to be a kind, open, loving mm. person, 
before、mm. all else, right? I think that's that's also quite that's a legitimate point, right? The、mm, do you think that the rise of the rise and prevalence and popularity of social media magic,、um, kind of do you think it challenges some of these ideas because? You know, laymen love. I mean, look at the number of views some of these social media magicians get. But are we saying that these videos have the? Do they really show some persona, like you know, like they're open and loving and kind? Like, I I don't know. Or is yeah, it very but, different but the, media the, completely. The, the, the purpose of it is different. Like, I think that almost requires a different pyramid altogether. Right.、So. Like, yeah, because the 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 end goal. Is very different, right? I think if、mm. if the end the the end goal of what we're referring to in Magic Rainbow is to bring people、um, to a place of magic, if we can call it that,、mm. like, whoa! And they just have a wonderful time in a performance. I think that that could hold true. I mean, the existing structure,、um, mm. but. Yeah, I think when I think the game changes when it comes to social media because also partially it's like when was the last time you saw like you when was the last time you experienced magic on social media? Hmm, I'm not sure. I mean, and I'm not saying this in a disparaging way to a social media magic because you could ask me the same question. When was the last time I experienced magic in real life, like in a real live performance? And I, I, I'm not sure I can think of an answer for you. Unfortunately, I think、right. I've become. But but the funny、so、thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm necessarily cynical. A lot of people think that just because I don't experience magic or whatever means I'm cynical. But I'm still as fascinated and interested in magic, just perhaps in a different way. I mean, I've seen some social media magic that made me go like. Ah,、oh, that is so clever! Like even if you don't, I know how it's done. I go like, this person's doing something. Sure,、really、but then that's kind of、yeah. like a like a like a physics or like an engineer appreciating the yeah yeah the, the yeah the ingenuity am, of、yeah. something though, right? Which yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. I am. But, so but when was the last not, time not you were not 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 necessarily the method as well?、Um, okay, from I, I hope you, I don't I just I just clarify something. It can be something about the effect, or just how it is presented, or something like that. Not necessarily like, oh, the method's clever. It could be like, oh, the way he performed this thing is so clever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think an example yeah, would be that's a, a different a appreciation, isn't it? Yeah, go. It is. It is. It, it totally、hear. is. It、yeah. totally is. It is. It is definitely from a insider's appreciation. Like I'm someone who really knows magic. And I'm watching it from an insider's point of view that I appreciate. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with with the fact that magic is very rare. If we, after you've been in magic for five years, ten years, or twenty、yeah. years,、um, to experience magic through magic is a very rare occasion. You know, it's not.、Mm. It doesn't happen mm. often. Mm.、Um, so, what was the example that you were referring to? Yeah, you know, an, an example was.、Um, I was watching some videos from、uh, Jackie, Jackie Yu,、mm-hmm. and Jackie Yu is really Ex- smart. Excellent, he's like he knows how to play the social media game with all the you no know, oh my and all that, you know, like a tagline to catch people's attention. 
But when you actually look at the tricks, you take away all the oh mys and, and stuff. It's actually oh really smart. It's actually oh really my. smart. And he was doing... He, he, he loves to... One of my favorite things he does is he pretends to expose tricks, but in a really clever way. You know, the usual, like, oh, here's an egg and a silk and now it's an egg. But he'll do like three-card Monty or something like that with a glass table underneath as if there's a camera filming the secret. Because that's a yeah. thing that some social media magicians do. They expose the secret by filming from the back or filming from a glass table underneath. And they actually expose it. But Jackie would pretend to expose it, but actually be using the standard, you know, ultimate Michael Skinner three-card Monty gimmick. And he just do the routine as per normal. And it's super... There's so many other things I can I have forgotten about, but just really smart. When I was oh my it, God, I like, shout oh. out, shout yeah. out to Jackie Yu, man. Like his, mm. <laughs> like everything about what he does. It's like the, 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 the way he performs it, but also his techniques are just out of this mm. world, man. And, and you wonder, it's like, yes. how do you get this level of technique for something that you clearly only film once and you, you probably never do again. You know, it's like he he puts a lot of work yeah. into this, and he yeah, the oh my and all all that, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So let me ask you this: I mean, kind of like yes. slightly different, but on the same track. When was the last time magic or not magic? And I'm guessing it's probably outside of magic as conjuring. When was the last time you were amazed, like blown away? Wow, okay. Let me think. When was I really blown away by something? Man, this this, this was okay. I just I'll just say whatever comes to mind immediately. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's the most recent thing. Sure, sure, sure. This is what came to my mind immediately. And this was quite some time ago. This was already back in maybe 2013 or 14. So I went to Spain. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to meet Tamaris uh -huh. so I asked my friend uh, people yeah I don't even know people Villanueva yeah 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 um, amazing if I, could, if, if, if I could meet yeah he's fantastic if I could meet Tamaris he tried to get him but he wasn't free so I, anyway I ended up going to Madrid anyway with my friend so we spent a few days in Madrid and one thing I was just amazed by was um, we went to see a show, uh, you know, a close-up show in, in, in Madrid. And after that, we went for dinner and then we just session all the way until like 6 a.m. in the morning, no sleep, the yeah. whole night in a bar, in a smoky bar, everyone's smoking and session. That was one of the most uh, amazing nights. I've seen so, I saw so much amazing magic from those Spanish traditions. Right. Um one I think I was amazed by was, I mean, the tricks themselves were just fooling me. Oh, Every trick so, was like, they're so good. Punching me in the stomach constantly, you know? Because I, have, I don't even have any clue about how that's possible because I think back then, um, I wasn't used to that style of magic. The idea of like, you know, hey, you shuffle, it's your life, you do this, you do and, that. And it's, and it's not like they fool you a little bit. Like they fooled you with like yes. big punches with big claims and like, Correct. bam. Correct. 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 And one thing I was really amazed by by the Spanish magicians, most importantly, was that um, very often I fall into this stereotype of like, oh, um, there are commercial magicians and then there are like sessioning magicians, right? 
So yeah. commercial magicians who are obviously very good doing their corporate stuff and you know, here's a deal in lemon or whatever. That won't fool any magician, but uh, layman will love it. But they don't right. do well in a session setting. They're sitting down, they're just probably doing like a, I don't know, standard ace production and that's it. Like they don't do anything crazy. And then there are some magicians who would do badly in commercial settings, but then when you sit down with them, they'll, they'll fool you really badly. But in Spain, it's like, hey, do you know who this guy is? Oh, this guy is just a kid's magician. And you go on Instagram, he's just a kid's magician. He does like, a, he has a duck and he has, a, you know, like just doing hippity hop rabbits. But then you sit down with him and he and he's the one fooling me the entire night with card tricks. You know? Yeah. So 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 that really um really amazed me. I, I think the magicians I really respect are those magicians who manage to find that balance that even though they're commercial magicians, they're working magicians, but they also have all these little things that when they sit down with you, they are also exploring weird and wonderful things. Whereas I think yeah. some magicians um they don't they do can't that. just give up huh? they don't do that yes yeah they kind of just yes. don't think about that anymore and and i Correct. think what's the thing like well I, laymen don't appreciate it and i can just give up on it but i think that's wrong i, I don't think that's wrong i think there's something i think there's something missing there because it's almost like yeah. slowly it's like oh okay if you don't love the new development and you don't love the new new little nuances and improvements then then what is it that you love yeah I think a lot of magicians, I mean, I think it's a trope, it's a stereotype. I'm probably generalizing a lot. But I often see a lot of magicians, my friends, for example, um, once they get commercial, once they go into the working, like become a working magician, they sort of lose a little bit of interest in magic. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think one of the things is that the, the realization that, yes, laymen don't understand it. Like, they don't see it. Like... Uh, apparent at least that's your immediate apparent act the, the reaction to mm. to some of the new one it, that's true but when we mm. you know you, you've been to blackstone um blackstone mm. magic bar in shanghai like w we never really yep. like we really try never to fall into that because mm. yeah they, they don't notice that one little thing right but yeah. if you put together yeah. 10 little things Right. All of a sudden, it makes a difference, and it makes a difference to a point where you know, like you start fooling magicians. It's like because of ten yeah. little things, not not because of yeah. one little thing. And yeah. the one little thing you try may not be what 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 people respond to, but right. that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with experimenting. I really believe this yeah. is what. This this makes a huge difference, even when it comes to the commercial um, arena. Because if you look at someone like successful, like Darren Brown or Ricky Jay or David Blaine, it, they all have something in common, and and it is that relentless pursuit of just that little bit better. Yeah. Right. They don't yeah. they don't settle for for no nobody gets there that way nobody gets to right. the top like the the top one percent that even so there's a threshold i think commercial magicians mm. or the workers so so to say um kind of like limit themselves i feel with that mentality right but about the best commercial magicians i know all have that um 
they have the they have the heart of an amateur. You know, they have the heart of a hobbyist. They like yeah. to tinker and make things perfect, but they think like a commercial magician. They they they, they know what what is commercial, what is not, what would get reactions, what would not. But in their heart, they still love magic, like a like like a, like a hobby. Yeah, Fred or, Fred like Caps was like that. Yeah, Fred mm. Caps was totally like that. And also Ascanio, I remember reading. Have you read this book called mm. Structural Conception of Magic? Are you kidding me? That's not one of my favorite books. Oh, okay. That's okay. Not- I don't know many people who have because I actually went through the whole thing like yeah, twice, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have. I but have. Most people don't read that book. I, I find it quite difficult to read because of the way it was mm. written. It's kind of like a, a lawyer wrote the book, but and it, it was the case. Right. Right. Um, I think what I like about the book was it's one of those books that I find myself nodding to the most because I would go think to myself, that's exactly what I think, but he put it in a way, he put it in words. If I something, it's like he's talking about truths that you know are inherently true about magic. But oh, 100%. But now that's in words, you go like, yes, that's right. That's exactly what I've been thinking about. I've just never put it in words before. In this and, way. and honestly, that book is so good. Like if anyone's listening and haven't, I mean, if, mm. yeah, haven't heard of this book, I really recommend even just flipping through it. You know, if you see mm. one or two things, it would really put some things in perspective. And, and Ascanio mentioned three types of magic, right? One type is the, the magic for magicians. And then there's the magic for the, uh, the lay person. And then there's the even magician effect. I think, mm-hmm. I think that, that, that's, that's special, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that was your favorite book, man. That, was, that is definitely one of my, I think probably my favorite theory book. Ever since I read so, it, I've I, I read it a few times also. And uh, it's, it's always a great read. It yeah, was out of print so, for a long time, but, but now it's back uh, in print. Oh, was it? Okay, good. It was good. out of print for a long time because that was always the book. Like the other three books on card magic and knives and stuff, that has never gone out of print. But the first one is always out of print. I, 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 I I've, I've read those as well. Uh, at least the first card one and then hmm. I tried to read the, the, the knife one. Those those, yeah, those didn't know. resonate me with me as much. Um, yeah. yeah, because those are like, yeah, if you do, you have to do knives and stuff, they're very specific. But also, one thing you mentioned about the Spanish magician is like I feel like the way they are, um, the way that they are able to create such incredible magic and to fool people at this level, mm. it is due to an understanding of these fundamental principles. Yep, it's like they're they're not fooling you because of a new method or a new mm. inge- ingenious technology mm. it's mm. the understanding of language and mm. psychology and techniques that yeah. they fool you with things you know right mm. Mm. and i, I think that can only happen if you have a deep understanding of theory and you turn it into practice mm. i agree i agree yeah so uh maybe before we end the podcast i don't know should i should mm-hmm. i jump the gun and end the podcast. I want to ask you a quick thing, which is we've been talking about magic, appreciating magic from a layman's perspective, from a magician's perspective. Um, I want to ask you, let's, let's end on a controversial opinion. Do you think that 
a magician's, just now you were talking about appreciation. You said my appreciation of magic is different, right? You asked me when was the last time I I, I felt magic or like yeah. I, I felt something magical happen. And I said something and you said, no, but that's different. I want to put out a, a controversial opinion that a magician's appreciation of magic is better than a layman's appreciation of magic. Oh, Sometimes. controversial, controversial. No, no, no. I, 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 I think so. I, yeah. Sometimes I, th- I think it's better because it is more comprehensive. Like it covers more things. Well, yeah, and okay. So, like so there, there are like multiple that. layers of appreciation that a magician can go through, whereas a layman is just stuck at the surface of how did he do that? How did they do that? Yeah, but okay, I I agree, but also it's 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 the problem with of the tricky the the tricky thing about the word magic, right? It's like mm-hmm. um because we're talking about the appreciation of the craft or the art of magic, um, sure. but and then there's the experience of magic. Mm-hmm. The experience yeah. of magic is right. ideally no hierarchy in terms of um right of of appreciation is that either you experience it or you don't right. it's like either it, it it's takes a binary you, thing wow, it takes you to this nowhere land that we've all occasionally mm-hmm. uh, go mm-hmm. to or right. you don't right? right and it it can be anyone but i i would say magicians because of their knowledge um experience it a lot less but also yeah. they are more um, educated and knowledgeable um, mm. appreciator of magic, right? Um, yeah, that that. So what 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 what? I would I would say I would say so. I would say magicians are mm. yeah obviously for obvious reasons yeah. are better at appreciating the the art itself. Yeah, this story. Um, if I may just end very quickly. The, the reason why I wanted to bring this up was because as, I, as we were talking just now, I remember reading this story about uh, Richard Feynman, who is an American Nobel Prize winning physicist. Um, in his later years, he started picking up art. He liked, he liked drawing. And after he's done all his physics stuff, he actually likes to draw. And he had a friend who was an artist and he wanted to his friend to teach him about physics. Uh, sorry, teach him art, how to draw. And in turn, he would try to teach his artistic friend some physics so they learn from each other and when he was and he would sometimes have, have sort of friendly arguments with his friend because his friend would say something like uh, oh you know you scientists don't know how to appreciate the world the beauty of mother nature like you look at a flower you know an artist sees the beauty of a flower <laughs> but you scientists break it down into atoms and molecules and you know it's so cold and boring, you know? But Richard Feynman is like, Richard Feynman's argument is that no, a scientist's way of appreciating a flower is way more, is way better than an artist's one. Because, you know, as a scientist, I can appreciate the beauty of a flower, the colors and all that is beautiful. But by breaking it down into atoms and molecules, I know I'm knowing how a flower, you know, sucks up water from, from the soil and how it spreads its energy around the leaves and how it absorbs sunlight 
and how it continues to grow and how it fits into evolution and uh, eco, you know ecological cycle of the of the nature and how it pollen helps you know bees help to pollinate it and things like that and in a way it's almost more beautiful than just oh they're nice colors oh look at how you know it's red it's yellow it's green that is you know? that's true i think I, i'm thinking as you say this it's like like bringing back to the point that you made at the beginning mm. of this podcast about magic mm. being the the killer of conversation or killer <laughs> of social interactions it, it is once it's killed that it's that we and then and then even knowing the method the the of the it's like once you get past that and you start appreciating that and mm. and and learning the little different things about how things work it's just another bridge yeah. that you cross and and this is what keeps us in right it's like yep. we're often we're we're no longer fold in in kind of the, the conventional way but right but there are, there's so much beauty in yeah this thing that we don't really know i mean there's so many aspects to mm. this and there's so many layers to this yeah and um, i agree yeah um, before so before before you go um mm -hmm. i know it's it's we're running very short on time i want to um okay so you're left on an island you're only allowed to take three books and mm. magic non-magic what are those three i would take the thickest books i can find so that i get the most <laughs> i don't want to take a little, a little pamphlet right and i'll refinish <laughs> it and, and that's it I'll take the thickest <laughs> books I can find. So I definitely might take something like the Stuart James volumes. You know Stuart James? I, I don't the know James Files? The James Files, the Stuart James in print. Actually, those are three books already. Oh, no. I mean, to be honest, those tricks aren't even that great. I mean, Stuart James tricks, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Stuart James. Um, a lot of his tricks are not performable. It's more about the method than anything. But um, I feel like I could take a long time to slowly read through. And you know what I really like about, here's another controversial opinion to end off. I kind of like reading books with kind of like weak magic tricks. Like no, I, I get, I, I understand that. So because I might actually it take gives you, Stuart Jim. It gives yeah. you something to work on. Right? Something to work on. Exactly, exactly. I love David Williamson. Williamson's Wonders, I have hardly touched that book. Because every time I open it, it's perfect. Every trick is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So as a creator, oh. I go, mm, David Williamson is so smart that I close the book a lot of, um, on the shelf. A lot of um, the Vernon material are that way. Yeah. Um, a lot of time. Not 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 everything because he published a lot of things. But I know exactly yeah. what you mean. It's like you just don't yeah. mess with it. It's like it's done. Correct. Stuart James material is clever but weak in performance. It's it's stupid. Like no one can perform it because it's like, oh, you take a number. Okay, now you add up one plus eight, nine. Okay, nine. You count on to the ninth card from the bottom. And it's like, what? Uh, you know, it, it's all horrible stuff. But the method's <laughs> kind of clever. So I think going through those thousands of tricks, so three books, Stuart James in, uh, Stuart James in print, and then the James sure. File 1, the James File 2. <laughs> okay. Three, 
the books are like this thick, right? Like incredibly thick. Yeah, books. That, yeah, if that's I can it. work through all of them and improve every single one, by the time I'm saved, I can publish Harpan Ong in print, the Ong File One and the Ong File Two. <laughs> <laughs> so those Ong, are the collections. It'll be Ong Ong the Loose. <laughs> there we go. And on that, after a terrible pun, we should end it right here. Before yes, get out thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very, very much for your time, man. Always, hey, put on always a fun time. Yeah, always a fun time to talk to you. All right, All right. have a good night then. All right, bye-bye. I'm put on the phone now.